Welcome back. The Scottish football podcast, the Scozzy football podcast, we're Australians. I'm Richard Tobin in Sydney and I'm joined once again by Anthony Maguire in Perth. Good evening, Anthony. Evening, Richard. How, how does it find you over in uh, the east coast of Australia? Well, we see the future, as you know, uh, three hours ahead of you. And uh, I have to say, it doesn't look any different from how it did in Perth. Um, a, a little less COVID and a little bit calmer and uh, still a fewer fewer tourists than I ever remember there being around about the Opera House and all these kind of things. I actually went down there last night. First time I've been on this particular trip because usually it's one of the first things I do. And uh, and I, it's, it's just much quieter. So it's still a slightly strange world in, in Sydney, but uh, slowly I'm delighted to see getting back to normal. Um, I know that all our pals back in Scotland are having a trickier time of it. Uh, you guys in Perth with your hard border still going on, I believe. Yes, hard borders. Um, a few announcements today that there will be some QR codes and tracking at venues. So um, obviously preparing for the uh, inevitable uh, come down of the hard border um, oh. and uh, just sweating through a couple of 35 degree days. So just getting used to the hot weather again. Fabulous. So. Uh, um, enjoyed watching some of this stuff last week uh, I know that we were kind of on the back of we were sort of euphoric on the back of Scotland qualifying for the Euro- European Champions as we should be um, but uh, I, 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 listen I have to be honest I still really don't understand what the Nations League was all about right it was, it was kind of one of these things that you did that you kind of I okay we've got let, rather than having friendlies um, and now they're all off to do some kind of finals and things so I'm still bemused we get beat by Israel I'm sorry, I, I could finding it hard to care. Is that harsh? Well, I think the Scotland players had played their they had they had shot their shot against Serbia and they all looked a bit flat against Israel. Steve Clark puts the same team out against Israel as he did against Serbia. So you're thinking, well, he's put his strongest team out. Um, but it just didn't quite hit the heights. Looked a bit of a spent force. I was going to say, would you reckon? I mean, the, the days of the guys going out and having ten beers after they won, I think they've gone, haven't they? I mean, I just so so few of them actually drink any alcohol, but you, maybe the ones that did had gone well, for it. I was, um, you know, as a, as an athlete myself, you know, I, I, yeah, you, <laughs> yeah, you, you do Sorry, have a certain. I, I Try to suppress that. I did. You said that you have a certain amount of tolerance, but yes, I dare say that the professional players these days do not get on it very often. So I think a few of them would have been suffering big time. Hence the changes in Slovakia, but I still think they would have been a bit under the wet, not under the weather, but a bit under under par come the, the damage in Israel because this would be. I, re- I read, yeah, I read something back in the day of um, Gaza Rangers that um, you know Gaza, who famously would go into the kind of boardroom or one of the kind of uh, sort of corporate lounges before he went on the park and down a brandy or a whiskey or whatever um that the hangover lasts for four days minimum you know if you get if you really hit hard then you know you're for for guys who are as fit as that um it lasts them that long anyway they got pumped and uh, i didn't really watch too much of it because it was just too painful it was on the middle of the night but um i believe it was all fairly emphatically Harder than it needed to be. Yeah, we. I, Marciano had a really good game for Israel. He, he he had two or three really really good saves. One denying John McGinn a good header on thirty three minutes, and then Scotland gets sucker punched right before half time. Mana Solomon first goal for Israel. Left Scott McTominay a wee bit flat footed and sort of and, and wrong 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 footed him, and um, he he drove past Dave Marshall. Good finish. Um, and then there's just no real way back. And this is Scotland's problem is if they go a goal behind, you just don't see where the where the, the fight back and the goals are going to come from. I think mean, they've only scored oh, twice you, in the last five games. Oh, 
And that's so harsh. I mean, don't, listen, if they've just qualified for a major tournament, I think, gee, you're cut it's just the, it's the It's the Scottish mentality. Two steps forward, yeah. one step back. They're not the finished article. We're, we're well aware of that. But that just, the Gaming Days Israel just sort of hammered at home that it's a work in progress. The improvement is definitely there. They're a lot more assured in possession than they were under the McLeish era, where it was just like a, a ping pong. Um, but, they just need need to offer a little bit more going forwards, and and Dykes was a little bit off his game on um, against Israel. So yeah, if he's not firing, then um, it puts a lot of pressure on your McGins and your Christies. And like I said, just just a wee bit, just came up a wee bit short. But I mean, it, it went to form every time that Israel and Scotland played against each other. There was only one goal in it, and it's very very tight. And it was again very very tight. But um, McBurney and Griffiths came off the bench with half an hour to go. It looked a bit, just looked off the pace. McBurney, jury's still out. I'm going to go through that conversation again. But I just <laughs> I was think that, the same names come off again. Oh yeah. no, but I, I think Griff, Griffiths, he had a, he fluffed a chance right at the end. And you're thinking if he was if he was sharp and he that. was on. It, yeah. he would have buried that and he even himself he just seemed shaking his head he's going oh i just had one too many big max during lockdown but yeah. um but yeah so <laughs> so so scotland now they're they're in the cupboards until march next year when the world cup qualifiers begin which is the next time that they will get together which is actually an interesting time in terms of the scottish premier league because obviously the the, the the that'll be around the time of the split so it'll be it'll be all guns blazing in the league and then having an international break you just you know given given how international breaks have gone yes. um with covid and everything else it's just a, a bit of an iffy time but i i guess everyone will be putting their hands up because that'll be the last chance to impress before um before the the european championships in this in the scottish summer um and i guess the one name that sort of kept coming up as a as a potential to sort of bolt into the squad would be um the hib striker um whose name is just escaped me all of a sudden Devin is but and um i think that flows in nicely it dovetails nicely into the hibs two celtic two uh league game at easter roads uh on uh on the weekend and um, we did talk about it, how Celtic, it's not been a happy hunting ground for them and they haven't beaten Hibs there since 2014. And yeah, again, Hibs were 2-0 up and um, yeah, Celtic were forced to work hard to, to get themselves back in it. Richard, what were your thoughts? I think that um, Hibs were good value for 2-0 actually at the stage that they you know they got it to. And then um, the, the kind of fight back for Celtic was almost kind of sparked into action. Neil Lynn's getting a bit of heat this week um, and there's a lot of stuff about uh, you know who's going to be lined up to replace him which I always think is a wee bit unfair um, he's done a reasonably good job the quadruple treble um, I think is on the horizon for Celtic and again listen short memories guys it, go back to you know the, the late 90s early zeros uh, Rangers long period of domination and it is one of these real things that make I think makes Scottish football maybe a wee bit hard on the eye because it's just ding dong ding dong which of the two but uh, I actually thought that they fought back reasonably well I thought Edward actually scored showed a little bit of interest and uh, Laxalt's strike was absolutely sublime from uh, from real opportunist moment where there was a kind of penalty claim ball breaking loose and he smacked it into the uh, the far corner of the net. Uh, against I think, uh, I think Paul Hanlon could have put that. Could have put, he could have put that clearance anywhere, and he just happened to fluff it straight to Laxalt, who good yeah. first touch. And yeah, you're right, absolutely dynamite finish. Um, not starting with Edwards and starting with Etty up front. I just don't know whether that was the right 
the right call. I, I mean, think I think Edwards lost interest. I actually genuinely think that he was looking for a move in the last transfer window and has basically chucked it. Is that too harsh? Well, he scored two for he scored two for the French under twenty one. So you're thinking he's in form. Why, why not play him? I, I, I mean, we don't know. We're not. We, you know, we're 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 not inside the the Celtic change room. But I mean, Celtic turned a corner at the start of at the, the turn of the year when they had. Edwards and uh, Griffiths playing up front as a two. And it's the one thing that um, uh, Lennon hasn't been able to do really much this season is play with two up front. He's been persevering with Elinusi off of a striker. And Ayeti just doesn't strike me as a, a guy leading the line. He, he looks more comfortable in a, in a two. Um, so I don't know. I, I think, you know, and if he wants, and if Edward wants away, I mean, that's a very big if, then surely the best thing to do is play him and say, well, you want your move. You're going to have to remind everybody what you're capable of, show us what you've got, and, you know, then you, you get your move. But this just falls into a bigger problem for Celtic in terms of is it the fact that they actually held on to all the players and there's just a certain level of, um, Oh, what's the word? Just a wee bit of, um, you know, not ar- or arrogance to an extent that, oh, well, we're all together. We're just trying, it's just going to happen. It's just going to, you know, the complacency um, has, has crept in where sometimes if you actually move a couple of players on and if there are a couple of players who are a little bit on the fence, whether they want to be there or not, just ship them out, get the money and, and bring someone else in and just freshen the, freshen the squad up. I just think maybe there's a little bit of complacency there. Um, what else has changed? Well, Damien Duff left. Gavin Strachan's come in. There's no crowds. The players just don't seem to be as fit as they were pre-COVID, which perception. But I, I think they start tanking after 60 minutes, and I, the um, the game against Lille away, where they ship two goals in, late in the second half, maybe sort of talks to that a little bit. Maybe it's the pressure of the the ten, you know, going for ten titles in a row has never been done before. Maybe there is a bit of pressure for the players who actually care about it. And then you've got the Moussa Dembele syndrome. Maybe there's a few players there who were promised their move. It didn't happen because of COVID or because it's 10 in a row or they've been convinced to stay. And, you know, maybe there's just a few few in the camp that are just no 100% committed to the cause. But it's slightly you know, weird. I, Having said that, hips have gone pretty well. Um, although they're becoming drawmeisters. I think they drew 2-2 last night as well with St. Johnson. And we're behind actually trailing twice um, and uh, equalised um, with... Uh, the younger brother of John McGinn strikingly on um, St. Johnson, who could not buy a goal for love nor money earlier in the season, ever since they bought a striker who hasn't played, to my best of my knowledge. Um, they've <laughs> kept scoring goals, so good for them. Um, somebody's taught them how to do it. Uh, Rangers, uh, I'm imperious in my view, I think at the weekend, I think they absolutely smashed Aberdeen. Uh, Ryan Kent's first goal was an absolute beauty um, and, and played them off the park, really. I just, I mean, I feel for Aberdeen. They, they're, they're probably the team worst hit by the under-21 Scotland COVID um, debacle. And I suppose you can call it a debacle because um, they had you know a couple of positive cases and then that's turned into like basically 11 players having to self-isolate because of being close contacts. Um, so I'm not sure about their protocols, how they're, you know, they're, everyone, all the players said they followed the protocols, but... The actual protocols themselves maybe need they definitely need a bit of a, a, a bit of a, a bit more scrutiny um 
Aberdeen will also now be up against it. Ross McCrory also ineligible since he's on loan from Rangers this season. So that was a big miss for Aberdeen already. But that and um, Lewis Ferguson, I just found that yeah, took a complete drive out their yeah. midfield. Yeah. They sat far too deep. They were well off, well off, but they weren't pressing like Aberdeen have been this season. And they just invited Rangers on. And um, like you say, the Kent strike, that was a, it was deflected, but it was still a, still a good strike and good, good control from Kent to get the ball and, and hit it. Arfield deflected strike. Um, and then I, I must admit, I liked Timar Rostrol. I thought there was a bit of brilliance there. He, he got a wee bit of a break of the ball, but he, he did well to spin and, 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 and find the back of the net. He's still then, got that really strange hand signal thing that he does after he scores. Though, <laughs> I'm dying to know what that means. Because it's come, well, it, looks like, it looks like some kind of like AT or A or whatever. Um, yeah, but and, I, and, and a few of them have got it going. So, you know, guys, just want to let you know, doesn't it look like any letter to anybody? So, and it's not a sneaky shaka or anything like that either. So, like, please, please feel free on, on your various media channels. Let us know exactly what it is that was going on. Um, so I kind of thought that, that, that um, Hamilton and Dundee United was an interesting game because it was Dundee United and they beat them and there were quite a few cards um, dished out. In fact, I think more yellow cards than I've ever seen. Um, but uh, that said, uh, Dundee United uh, winning and Hamilton in quite big trouble now at the bottom of the league. They're four adrift of St Mirren and really looking as if they are the team to go down this season. Uh, really. Yeah. I do, yeah, and I really do. I think they've all they've always been able to dig themselves out, but I, yeah, and no, I just they, they are they they are looking increasingly vulnerable, and they've got Aberdeen uh, tonight, I think UK time, so tomorrow morning our time, and and I can't see them winning that one either, to be honest. Well, I know they're at home. I mean, fair play to Dundee United. They were one 0 down at sixty five minutes after Ross Callahan header, and then um, Mark McNulty. I mean, he, he nearly put Dundee United in front of a wee chip in for Nicky Clark. It was a lovely little dink ball in. Um, and Nicky Clark Brace gets, gets, the, gets the win. And then, you know, you're thinking Aki's 1-0 up, 25 minutes to go, shut up shop, couldn't do it. And then they still had a chance to equal, uh, draw the game with a penalty late on. And then yes, goal, yeah. goal hero turns Robert Baggio, like smashes it over the bar. And you're thinking, oh, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe this is the season that Hamilton just don't quite Aye, that that, that took some doing actually. That that was that was a that was not that was not one of the first ten rows that he hit with that particular <laughs> penalty. You know, that was it's actually that still was, or, is in another still, tier. <laughs> still, still actually orbiting the earth. Oh, but, Captain uh, Cliche, yes, oh, I know. Oh, yes, oh, no. I went, I went there. Um, <laughs> Kilmarnock three one. They definitely broke the shackles of their one 0 uh, defeats of late. And did you uh, think it was had- a red card for Finlay? Oh, I, I I think it was harsh. I think he, uh, yeah, I, I think I, I think he, I think he got enough of the ball first, and then uh, and then Ross Stewart just sort of come through and went, yeah, I'm I'm taking his foot with me and and, and went down and yeah. I, you I, know, I've I, written, t- I, I wrote down two things about it because first like, I watched it last night, first time I'd watched it, and uh, and thought, right, he's got one decent touch on it and one touch on it, and he's taking him the second one and thinking, but you know, he's faster than that is a that is a quality professional film because it looks as if yep. you've done the right yep. thing, but you've taken him out. Yep. Um, and then I looked at it again today. I thought, mm, you know, there is there's a, there's a, there's a fine line there. I think it was very very close judgment. It didn't unfortunately it didn't alter the outcome of the game really. No, um, but it was probably a wee bit harsh. 
Well, Alex Dyer's run a contester anyway, so he firmly believes that it, it, it wasn't a red card. So, I mean, he's, he definitely th- thinks it was, it was harsh. So, um, Eamon Brophy strode by header, and then that was cancelled out by Tom Bravosti header right before half time. Um, so it was one all. And do you not think Kelly have got the worst? Yeah. Do you not think Kelly have got the worst DJ of any of the grounds? Like la la la, it's quite scary, man. It's and also, the, I, they don't get their level sorted for the fact that there's nobody in the stadium. So, <laughs> and, and 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 he doesn't. I have to say, he doesn't sound like he comes from Kilmarnock anyway. That's for sure. But <laughs> but I mean, really, just just oh, some of the tunes painful. Anyway, sorry, I I distracted us from the actual proper business of the fact that it was one one, and then they scored again. Yes, well, Cole Donaldson absolutely fluffed his clearance and took took out a Chile player. So Nicky Cabamba smashed it in the penalty 2-1. And then Chris Burt with a howitzer right at the death to steal the points for Chile. And uh, Ross County, mm, again, I'm thinking they are... They are every time I watch it I'm just thinking mm, how yeah I, I've got I've got serious question marks around them I really do um, upper mid-table obscurity this season I think Hamilton are much worse than them and St. Mm. I think are going to be below them too uh, but in, I tell you any team that lets Kirk Broadfoot aged 65 wander into the 18 yard box uh, almost unchallenged from his own halfway line you've got a problem um, sure. yeah, asking for it absolutely uh Livingston and St. Mern. Uh, one of the one most year. shocking challenges I've ever seen. Did you see it? It was it wasn't actually shown in any of the kind of highlight packages, but there was a there was a dreadful challenge um on the St. Mern left winger. Oh, that's terrible, his name escapes me, but a really dreadful challenge, which was uh, only actually rocked up on Twitter from the from the Livingston kind of direct feed. But I uh, St. Mern won um, with another one of their double barreled guys. They've got that kind of vintage guy who writes books Jake and plays. Doyle music. Hayes. Doyle Hayes, yeah. I wonder where def- he comes from. Deflected strike on fifty six minutes and that was enough to take the points back to Paisley. Yeah. A few defensive errors in the first half. Neither side could really convert them. And yeah, Gary Holt's side are sitting just above the drop or just above the playoff place. Um so they are uh, a point above St. Mern, but St. Mern have up to three games in hand, depending on the pending the SPFL investigations into their handling of the COVID. Um, and Aki's right. are and are five points behind, but they behind Livy, but they still have two games in hand. So Livingston are definitely in the mire at the moment. That they're not keeping, they're not, they're not, they're not winning at home like they were last season. They're they're losing games at home, and that's they rely on their home form to keep them you know mid-table obscurity like you say so well i have to say that you know if you're named after pasta and you play on plastic you can, you're, you're never going to be huge quality are you um now i always kind of thought it was going to be an interesting one with the multiple guys coming back from the scotland weekend uh, or or week and or 10 days or whatever it was um going up to st johnson you were super confident that uh, multiple were not going to do it and i was super confident they would and i was wrong and I was wrong as well. So there you go. Um, so again, uh, this is this is your reminder not to gamble. And if you do gamble, yes. gamble responsibly. Yeah. Um, but uh, Ali Campbell, Barry Maguire, both like call-offs. They found out four hours before the match. So you must be, as Stephen um, oh, Robertson, he must be tearing his hair out, just going like, yeah, I've got my team picked. Oh no, actually, I've already replaced two, two stars. So um so yeah they they were definitely more affected by the international travel than than was expected um 
Stevie May hits penalties like I used to in primary school. Like kind of, you know, kind of. <laughs> nice, kind of it's, I mean, he, he still he still looks like one of these kind of rockers from the Highlands with his kind of man bun. And like can, you can see him playing metal guitar on a weekend, but he hits penalties like right. Okay, any of you ever hit a penalty kick before? No, right. Okay, you have a go then. Come on then, Stevie. And and it is it's like well, I mean it's effective, right? I mean he hits the target, but it is I mean I, I find him a highly entertaining character. I think it's a great a great kind of Philip for the the um the St John's midfield in the Scottish. I don't want to alienate but, our Perth Scotland listeners, but the yeah. man needs a wash. I just that's, <laughs> all, that's all I'm that's all I'm trying to say. <laughs> like so he won the penalty. It was a, it was definitely a penalty. You're bundled over. Uh, he cancelled out Mark O'Hara's strike for the Steelman, and it ended one zero. Um. Where does that take us to now, Richards? Um, well, got, we've got Hamilton uh, Aberdeen tonight, as I said, but yes. then we've got Europa League action almost sooner than you can think about. It. Europa League action tomorrow evening, Europa, Scotland time. Um, Rangers have got Benfica at home, Celtic away to Sparta Prague. Rangers, very unfortunate not to beat Benfica, maybe took their eye off the ball in the last couple of minutes. Benfica celebrating as if they'd won the match in that 3-3 draw in Lisbon. Uh, Sparta Prague absolutely humped Celtic at Celtic Park, and so therefore they can only expect more of the same unless they've got themselves organised for tomorrow evening. Non- not to worry though because Scotland are still ahead of Turkey in the coefficient. That means we've got and I've got a place sorted. We're all good. We're all good. <laughs> um, look, I think Celtic have to, well, obviously they have to win if they want to keep their campaign alive. And I think, you know, even the old Len admitted it's going to be very, very difficult but they need to beat Sparta Prague over there and um, the only way I see that happening is playing two up top. So he needs to take a roll of dice, gamble have a go um and i think you know the celtic fans would probably applaud him for that and say well you know you're not gonna lose you may as well see if you can find some form and get edward and and griffiths or edward Nietti um and, and get the two of them in there and and see what see what can be done but um another poor performance and the the, the pressure will just continue to, to to mount on neil lennon and the and the celtic players yeah, there's a bit of titter chatter on the Twitter about um, people being uh, asked uh, whether they would be interested in taking the, the Celtic job. Martin O'Neill has been mentioned in that sphere, but I will see how all that maps out. Um, I fancy Rangers against Benfica. I think they'll probably beat them. They're just on a really good role. Benfica apparently have got their COVID problems. Uh, Portugal has just gone into a significant lockdown period again to try and take the top off another spike in COVID cases in the Lisbon region. Uh, I Celtic are going to have to win because they've got Milan uh, the following week. So, you know, that, I mean, and they're, and Milan are not going to, Milan are not going to cough up too much. No. Um, and I believe you had a wee bit of a look at the Rangers financials that came out over the weekend. Well, actually, they didn't come uh, over the weekend. They yes. came out on Friday Friday night Scotland time. So whenever you want, whenever a politician or anyone wants to take out the garbage, so to speak, or sneak out some mm-hmm. bad news, it mm-hmm. always just gets snuck out on a Friday afternoon or Friday evening because that's when the, the, journal, yeah. the journalists go to sleep. So well, except everyone's the- Everyone's at home now watching the telly and on What's Twitter. So yeah, a fifteen a fifteen point nine million loss. Now let's not take no, there were positives. They they got twenty uh, twenty and a bit million from their Europa League campaign, and congratulations to them. But yeah, significant loss, fifteen point nine million. And also, uh, they they just last week indicated that they'd actually issued some more shares for capital, and I think that they have uh, directed undertakings that they're going to need. Um, you know, a, a significant, I think it was between 20 and 30 million uh, to keep things going until the end of next year. Like COVID obviously has had an impact, but these accounts were 
pre-COVID, and so therefore, uh, really, they're spending more than they more than they're earning. Um, that's not an unusual pattern in football. You may include in your answer PSG and any other team that have got Qatari involvement, um, but. Aye, not looking good for Rangers financially. Um, Hector, the wee man from the tax, he's uh, he's been getting 1.2 million a month apparently from them. So look, all not rosy in that particular garden, but if the team keep winning and they get Champions League, that's 40 million kerchim. Yep. That's right. I think they're, they're, they're gambling all to get, to that and get into the Champions League and that will well, solve that's how a they lot, got into ball in the problem. first place. That's how they got into ball in the first place. You know, yes. that was the whole kind of deal of David White, uh, sorry, Murray and White, and uh, I'll buy your club for a pound as long as we get Champions League. And I remember the night in Malmo standing on a platform waiting for my train in Perth and hearing the news that I it was it really was not going to be a good outcome a few months down the line administration beckoned. I, I really feel sorry for Rangers. on a very, 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 very difficult period. But I look, you know, as long as they keep winning and they're playing good football, Frankly, most people won't care. So the Strozzi Football Podcast, you can find us on Apple uh, Podcasts, you can find us on Google Podcasts, you can find us on Podbean, and you can also find us on Spotify. We're on all those major social media channels. And this week we got a question on Instagram from Cameron's91, who asks, what do you think the the January transfer window will look like? Ins, outs, and offers from either side of the old firm. Uh, I think Oswald Edward is on his way. Um, and I think a few of the French guys have got their eye on it. Here's a, a couple of rational reasons for that. Okay, they've been able to travel a little bit more freely than some people, but um, COVID has meant that a lot of these are young men away from their good mates and their families, and I think that that will have a bearing on how some of these people behave in the transfer window on this particular occasion. Um, but I can't see any big movement either way for Rangers. I think Rangers have, don't have enough money to do anything significant, um, and I think that the other clubs, it's all a matter of consolidating what they've got. I think there's been a little bit of um, interest in Glenn Kamara because he has put on a couple of good performances for Finland. Um, so, you know, there may be an offer for him coming in, uh, whether it's January or whether that's like at the end of the season. Um, but, you know, I think he's one on a few people's radar. Um, and then the other ones, obviously, Alfredo Morales, because um, big huffy drawers again stormed off on Sunday when he was taken off to be rested, obviously, for the midweek uh, clash against Benfica. Um, but, you know, massive huff and straight up the tunnel so um so yeah so you just never know with him i guess but we'll we'll see whether lil come in with another offer but well i was gonna say that lil won 4-0 uh at the weekend um that lil in the the uber eats league one did you know that did you know it was sponsored by uber eats the french first division i didn't um yeah anyway that all kind of fits all very well with buffaloes and stuff like that i suppose but uh, they won 4-0 they closed the points to the financially doped qatari psg to two points um and oh but uh, um, psg uh, incidentally rescued um quite ironically by neymar uh, scoring a penalty uh, last night uh, when they won 1-0 um neymar as we know who's able to trip over fairy dust from a zephyr that comes from the equator all the way to northern france um, I, will, <laughs> I was i was just trying to sum up the the question from cameron's 91 just by saying that um you know a lot of it from celtic's point of view will, will be determined by where they are in the league come that transfer window opening up as well so you know if the, if they are in trouble then you know will players leave possibly or you know we'll sell to break the bank and try and buy a couple of players to bring someone in to try and can't see it resurrect the season who knows but um but yeah i think it, i think with covid i don't think there'll be as much money to splash around so you know i think the 
the big Marty signings or the big Marty sales. I just can't see them being there. But yes, I guess uh, Odson and uh, and Morelos, they'll be the two to, I think they'll be the two to watch. Uh, Richard, we better quickly get this week's fixtures um our predictions in which were uh, you know we're, we're getting pretty, later and later which is good because that means we have to be quick so Hamilton yes. and Killy uh, Hamilton and Killy I'm ready to go Killy I agree Livingston Dundee United uh, draw Dundee United uh, Motherwell Hibs Hibs I'm going to go draw St Mirren Aberdeen Aberdeen I think it's going to be Aberdeen as well. Probably quite close, though. I think St. Martin have been a wee bit better organised in recent weeks. Right, Sunday the 6th, eh, all the European guys. So Rangers playing in Glasgow, Celtic and Sparta Prague, remember. So Ross County against Rangers, the 12 o'clock game up in Dingwall. Uh, Level Rangers. 1 restrictions there. So I think I think Ross County are a crowd for that. Actually. Yeah, they get, the, they yeah. get the 300 They get the three hundred in, I think. So, yeah, yeah. yeah, a huge so, crowd for them. A huge um, crowd to see Rangers romp it uh, Four one. Oh, that'd be interesting. That'd be interesting to see if um, Ross County's Paisley contingent can get up the road safely enough to actually make a game of it. Uh, and Celtic against St Johnson. I think Celtic will. Uh, they will do the business to a degree. Uh, yeah, it won't be pretty, but it'll be two 0 I think Eddie May's going to score. <laughs> Stevie May do. or Eddie May? <laughs> oh, sorry, oh, Stevie May. That's right. No, Stevie May. Oh, God, that's really bad. No, no. The, the guy, the, I, honestly, since they signed that striker, they just kind of help himself. He's just letting. He's involved in all of it. So I, I think that's going to be the way it'll go. Um, yeah. So that's great. That great. It's always nice when we disagree on a couple of things. But um, I, I think that um, Jack Ross and Hibbs. I've been watching enough of Sunderland till I die this week to know that uh, Jack. You know, sometimes has the dressing room. I think he knows where it's going, and he's, he's not able to get out there on his crew neck as he normally would. Uh, your final thoughts, Antonio? Well, Richards, um, it's safe to say there are more than a few fannies in Scottish football, but I think we have to congratulate Scotland today being the first nation to reduce period poverty by providing free um, women's hygiene products um, to everyone who needs them in Scotland. So well done. Good on you, mate. Yeah, I've, yeah, I wasn't quite sure where you were going with that, but that is brilliant. Yes, I'm very, very impressed. Um, I actually this week just really want everyone back in Scotland here to know how much we're thinking about them um, and, and having all this kind of really difficult mishmash of different instructions and where are you going, what are we doing, is it Christmas, is it not? Um, but I'll leave that there. Have a really good week. Um, we're going to watch the football. We'll have a play with you again soon. Thank you very much, Richard. Catch you soon. Cheers.